Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. Welcome to the GrassCast, show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Sean. And I'm Quab. And today we have our guest, Zach Showers, old friend of mine, um, software developer now in Toronto. And yeah, welcome to the show, Zach. All right, glad to be here. Before we get started, um, we're going to do the ultimate challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes, the way we start every show. And we're going to do it in a different format this time. We'll, we'll still count down, and I think we should still say what we do, but we're going to lock it in. So uh, we found this website called rpsgame.org, and two people can go in. They get a room ID, and you just get a screen with your pick, rock, paper, scissors, and it waits for the other person to pick. So there's going to be no cheating unless... One of us has gone ahead and programmed this website to beat us at all times, but I, I don't think that's the case. So, I I was going to yeah build my mm. own, um, uh, and then yeah, you just brought up a great point where you would never trust it because right. <laughs> I also thought of just making anytime I put the There's name. There's no way you got around to it wins. in time to get the name rpsgame.org and no 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 no. have all the services this is not mine it would be this is not mine url i can already tell so uh i trust (laughs) it i trust it unless zach made it and he's 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 owning us all right now but we'll see so (laughs) um okay so i've i'm gonna pick my thing okay yeah you choose your thing and uh we'll count it off and i'll choose my thing oh okay i chose (laughs) i already chose so don't, don't don't tell don't yeah i, okay. I can't see what you chose so, so. choose your thing yeah okay okay i'm gonna choose oh, wow, okay. this is great yeah, this is awful this is awful anyway uh one mississauga two mississauga oh, three mississauga <laughs> okay i see what we did there so you won oh wait what happened <laughs> oh i yeah, think i won you picked okay rock. i don't know why you counted it down but oh my god that was great Okay, anyway, that worked great. Anyway, let's get back to the show. (laughs) That was perfect. Oh, that was perfect. Okay, anyways, so sorry, Zach. So just to recap, (laughs) I got the scissors, uh, Quag got the rock, and he won. And yeah, that was... I don't know if that was more exciting or less exciting. Oh my god. Dude, it's almost three minutes. We gotta keep moving. We're we're wasting so much time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... um, First question I kind of kind of like to ask to get the ball rolling is what's the first game that you played or that like you kind of remember playing? I don't know. I'm thinking probably Tetris for the original Game Boy back in the late oh, 80s. Original Game Boy. Okay. All right. Nice. What what kind of drew you in to that game? Uh, that was when I was like four years old. So it was just... Uh, it came with the Game Boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's just the first. It was just the first game you yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you get Did you get good at Tetris? Eh, not really. It was pretty quickly <laughs> after that, I also got Mario for it, and immediately was playing that instead. <laughs> so, what's like the most uh, recent game that you've been playing? Yeah, most recently, I just got a Nintendo Switch while everyone else was worried about uh, getting the uh, PS5 because finally the Switch is available. So I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, nice. Breath of the Wild. Do you like the game and like kind of what, what do you like about it? I really enjoy it. I mean, I thought I would be 
annoyed by the fact that there is like a lack of long form dungeons. And I do kind of miss that about the other Zelda games. But on the flip side, this whole like nothing really takes more than a couple hours to do, and most things you do in 15 minutes makes it a really great grab and go game when you have to work all the time. So it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I've got a 20 minute break. I could go do a shrine or something. Right. So you can kind of jump into it quickly and, and save your time and, and progress and just kind of pick away at it when you have time. Yeah. Like you actually, every time you pick it up, you're going to make progress. Whereas oh. when you're playing like, say, Ocarina of Time and you're in the water temple, you, you got to <laughs> devote like four hours plus the first time right. and you feel like you've made progress and it takes you nine hours to figure out where all the keys are. <laughs> yeah. I think we talked about that previously. I, I think it was with Sherry, but we had a conversation where it's like, games that don't let you just save where you want to save like okay i need to stop here like real life's getting there i need to take a break and come back to this exact point when i have time like those can be the most annoying games to play you know once in a while they try to do it to like prolong the game in a way right like in resident evil i think we were talking about like you only get so many save cartridges and it forces you to only save it a certain number of times in the game to try and like make it more skillful about where you save it. But again, it doesn't give you like, okay, this is going to take me an hour. I only have 20 minutes. I can never get this done. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it also might be a throwback to the classic NES games, right? Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, right. you died. Now, now you have to start the whole game over again <laughs> because they didn't, weren't able to make enough content fit on the cartridges. Right. Plus they had small teams because right. video games were new back then. So it's like, yeah, they had a, they had to come yeah. up with tricks to make you get more time out of the game. So it's like, let's make the game obscenely difficult. And let's make it ex- obscenely punishing. You have to restart yeah. everything every time you talk. Right. <laughs> I've been watching, I think it was High Score. Or yeah. One of the yeah. Documentaries <laughs> where it was like the first arcades and people getting into business modding the arcades. So like they go and they'd have their little things that they just plug into the circuit boards. And like now thing when things <laughs> 10 things appear on the screen or they explode in different ways or you know they they would just like hack it in different yeah. ways to try and extend the uh the value that you, you get out of those those single games yeah it was like a whole other business model with yeah that and yeah i, I guess probably the early like nes stuff was coming out of the the uh, arcades where yeah you just want people to lose as many quarters as possible <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah but it's interesting what you said was interesting though even in terms of those loops like it i I haven't played breath of the wild but it sounds like yeah those loops of actually feeling like accomplishing something versus being able to save whenever you want like it sounds like a water temple you could save in the middle potentially on a modern system but if you don't feel like you're progressing maybe i don't know like yeah like you could definitely save in ocarina of time but it's just like okay it's just a long dungeon right so you you feel mm-hmm. like okay, I opened another room and I have to take a break mm. and stop and then get back <laughs> and do it like a couple of days later when I have time. Okay, what was I doing again? So you spend twenty minutes right. figuring that out, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> progressing to something, and then you have to stop again. <laughs> right? Yeah, like uh, uh, um, updating your your brain to be like, okay, I forget where I was in this game. I remember, yeah, unlocking this one key, but I think I got the other key. Yeah, trying to like remember where you were. Yeah mentally is is another challenge so yeah i can see that getting in the way yeah and that, it, i don't know like i all i know about uh 
uh, the new Zelda one is, uh, yeah, it's like more open world. So maybe that's just a lesson they learned for, to try something new in terms of like little, little dopamine hits when you can get them, uh, versus mm -hmm. long, uh, investment. Yeah. It's probably what it was. I mean, probably also they just, it just wouldn't make sense to have this big open world and then the focus is on dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go underground or <laughs> yeah, never see the sky. <laughs> I, I don't know. That game didn't pull me in, but now, you know, year, a year into being 1.5 one of the pandemic. Yeah. I'll, I'll take whatever, whatever fun. You can see the sun. Get. Yeah. The sky, the digital sky. It sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah, I hear it's. You can climb a mountain, I hear. The snow is getting higher here in Windsor, so I'm starting to think it might be a nice game to jump into right yeah. now. Zach, do you consider yourself a gamer? And like, what do you think about like the, the title gamer and, and things like gamer culture in general? I mean, sure, I guess. Obviously, more casual gamer, I suppose. But uh, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I play games. Like, I play video games also was playing board games and as you know i was playing uh tcgs before as well so oh, yeah. it was like yeah. what are tcgs i'm a i'm a noob trading card games yeah i used to yeah, yeah no, uh, magic the gathering yeah oh <laughs> so cool kid games you, cool games yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. i didn't know about them yeah yeah, yeah okay. zach doesn't zach doesn't even have to say magic he just says tcg because that's yeah, how yeah. good he is at that but like let me give zach a lot of credit he's one of the best magic players I've ever met. I don't know, like Zach, Zach's just good at everything. So of course he's good at being at playing magic. But yeah, I remember getting a lot of magic. Um, uh, just like you, you telling me about um, decks that you were building or ideas you had for decks, like any, any game that you've ever kind of taking a liking to. I've always gotten the most like up-to-date strategy guides from Zach, <laughs> which I really appreciate. I still remember like, I think, I think, you know, like we were early on in grade school and like, I think it was the Mario world, the one that came out. I think it was, I think it was a super Nintendo one. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. The first super one yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Mario. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one, which, whichever one um, interests Zach. And I remember him like constantly like coming up to me on the schoolyard, be like, Hey, I figured out this new thing in Mario. It's crazy. You like jump over the thing and like, <laughs> like telling me strategies then. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was really, it was amazing. So I've always gotten good uh, tips from Zach. He's always been like a wealth of information for that kind of stuff. So um yeah we, we we've talked about magic uh here on the show a few times um and just like different trading card games but what what have your experiences been with that zach like what what kind of do you like about magic uh, i don't know there's like the deck building aspect obviously uh right competitive aspect also the strategy and it's insane just because the depth of the card pool right so mm, right um yeah, do you do you play like I don't know if you like the the form in Magic where you get to like I think they call it legacy. It's just like you can play with every game ever created and just make the most insane deck combinations. Like things that they're like, okay, well this card wasn't supposed to be played with this card. We never intended that because we made this card like 
10 years ago <laughs> when we made this card now. And so people just think of like the most insane strategies to combine all these two things and it, it works within the rules, right? And like a game where you're supposed to have only have like 20 life normally, all of a sudden like this turn you get like 10,000 life because you figure out this hack, right? Yeah, I definitely play Legacy. Although I tend to play more quote-unquote fair decks in it. I don't know. I, they're all overpowered in different ways, right? Like you got unfair decks, which like you said, are like generally like trying to uh, exploit combos and whatnot. And of course you have the fair decks that typically tend to be more either kill you fast by getting this swarm of creatures too quickly mm -hmm. or let's load up on control cards, you know? So like... Uh, um counter spells removal spells etc just basically your goal is to stop the player from other player from doing anything until they run out of cards and then you just get one thread down and rise to victory right quab how much of that conversation did you follow yeah what's up uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. no no i, I was actually <laughs> no that's awesome i i was just thinking like do 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 um no uh i it was it got me thinking because like this was not a part of my childhood mm -hmm. um like uh yeah trading card games were not uh, but like i'm trying to like i'm playing more board games now mm -hmm. uh and there is a specific one that i was wondering if zach if you played it that i just get owned on every time i play like i just absolutely get destroyed uh called seasons um uh, nope and, okay so yeah it has like a fixed deck uh that you draft from uh like all it's up to four players and uh you draft the specific cards uh like at the start of it and they all do different things and you got to read the cards and i don't like reading so <laughs> but like it's it's like you said like you can have all these combos together but it's a fixed deck and it's kind of random on uh the cards you're gonna get uh and making like these combos that just chain um i it might be a game you might be interested in uh and both of you guys <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what was it called again uh it's called seasons okay. um yeah and yeah let me try to look it up but yeah that yeah you, you might like it it's but it, it is like a limited thing but the more knowledge you have of the cards and what they can do right um yeah it, and that's what I wonder because I wasn't even sure. So are most like um, uh, TGSs? I'm a young hip kid. Uh, yeah. Are they more like head to head, like one player versus another, or you can't have like a battle royale type thing, right? Uh, magic. Um, there's different formats, right? So most of the official oh, okay. formats are head to head, but then you've also got um, I think what might be the most popular format but it's a casual format, is called a Commander. In normal Magic, you got 60-card decks. Um, you're allowed to have up to four of each card with some limitations. Uh, but generally, it's four of each card, unless the card's banned or restricted. It's banned, you can't play it at all. If it's restricted, you only get a one of. And then what you can do is... Uh, so you have a certain amount of consistency and predictability, I guess, to the deck. At least as much as you would have with a normal deck of cards, right? But Commander... Deck size goes up to 100 cards. It's a singleton format, so one one of each card. There are some other rules, like you can pick one creature that's called your commander that just is always available that you played, and even if it dies, you can replay it again without having to draw it for a higher cost each time. But anyway, that can have as many players as you want in a game. So as you can imagine, it is generally a battle royale type thing, and you're usually making alliances with other players to gang up on whoever's winning or whatnot. 
Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about MT. <laughs> well, I'm calling it MTG now. Uh, that's how cool <laughs> I have become. But um, yeah, uh, with Magic, there are those like different formats. So even within that game, there are other formatted games that you can use the same cards. But like like Zach saying, like there and those kind of came along sort of after the game was initially created with its initial rules. But yeah, now now it's it's stretched beyond. You can play it with four people. There's one I think is called like Two Headed Dragon, where like two people are. It's like two v two basically. Oh, okay. And you can kind of like work with another person to, against the other player. So kind of like it, it gels the the single rules with you know a team aspect. So yeah, even even within the game, you can have different uh, formats. And I like I like how Zach summed it up. It's basically like yeah, sixty card deck, four of each potential card and that's really the only like um, among like the other kind of different things there's um there's like a pool of resources called mana that you get to use and so it's usually some sometimes they restrict like how many you can have in a deck and sometimes they don't but Mm. generally it's a 60 card deck with four of each card minus the minus the the resources so what that lets you do is okay there's like ten thousand available individual cards and i can make a deck out of four of each of any of those cards right and with each addition with each additional release of cards your pool of possible cards increases so now that the game's been running on for i don't know at least a decade maybe zach you know oh more than two two decades yeah i think 93 is when it came oh, out yeah, that, oh, yeah that's a long time ago yeah, yeah. so yeah. 93 and i think they release <sighs> oh at least what like four four different sets each year, Zach? How, do you how many? Zach, oh how many my sets gosh, is it per year? Uh, yeah, minimum four. four. So like, okay, four uh, sets of so like four four core sets, yeah. but then sometimes they'll do supplemental products like commander sets that are specifically <laughs> for the multiplayer formats and like. All right, well, that's a good tidy business they got going on there. Oh man. yeah, <laughs> solid. Oh, yeah. That's why they have banned cards and restricted cards. And guess what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. to the prices of those things? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Ga- it's like. It's a market. Uh, funny enough, GameStop <laughs> stocks like something can <laughs> a piece of paper can be worth ten thousand yeah. dollars because they printed it, and now there's only like you know a few copies. And if every if anybody gets to use it in their deck, it just it's overpowered, right? So all of a sudden, this this thing, this cardboard, becomes worth tens of thousands of dollars, and that's ridiculous. But yeah, it's that's okay. That's really so fascinating. Happens. Uh, you you got me more interested in uh, TGSs. Is that, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I was just thinking, like, uh, even with, like, the different formats, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of, like, you know, the standard 52-card uh, uh, deck of, like, just normal cards, all the games you can play, but it's not like uh, the new king is coming out and you got to save up for the new king. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, maybe the emperor card. Yeah. Uh, he just wins. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's the, the thing. And maybe Zach can speak on that. But like, it's, yeah, it's a matter of you looking at what's available and thinking like, what's the best strategy to make a set of decks of those cards? Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's, they, they uh, mess things up with uh, these releases too, right? So <laughs> yeah. usually the card <laughs> that was intended to be the God card ends up, not being what people play and someone finds a combo or some other card that they didn't think through. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely game. another 
yeah exactly that's another interesting thing is like you know they can plan out oh these are going to be the good cards and these are going to be whatever and then people mm-hmm. find a different strategy where like nope these are actually this is what people like and that that's what they're playing it right and there's this weird like open market of of the cards and like how good they are and how much they become worth and, and all that stuff so it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's mind-boggling that's cool though that it's so alive and that the rules mm-hmm. can change four times five times a year um yeah to keep people interested so how then do you think games have kind of impacted or influenced your life Uh, i mean obviously there's the uh, social aspect uh and then there's the general cognitive and mood benefits i guess like you know i mean you, you can make an argument of whether or not you know playing games is like better or worse than reading a book or something like that but playing games versus you know watching some random just purely entertainment television i i I would say playing games is generally more beneficial in my opinion huh yeah more more stimulating for sure but yeah 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 yeah, I've been, I don't know, I've just been like on a kick of like, I realized, well, actually it was more, I've been playing the same game. Uh, so if I looked at my phone and saw how, ma- how many hours I was actually playing this one solitary game, it'd be pretty mm. brutal, but also, you know, just vegging out because there's not much to do watching things. So uh, you, you made me feel better about playing uh, games. <laughs> it's at least a little bit better than just watching Netflix endlessly, I feel like, yeah right but that's i mean work in the brain yeah yeah and then obviously like there's a social aspect right i mean even with online games but especially Mm -hmm. with like in-person games like you know Mm -hmm. tabletop anything yeah yeah that yeah like literally like joining the board game group and just well you can't do it now but we do it online every week or so but that was like really good for like mental my mental health like yeah over the last 10 years and like yeah nice social interactions that are hard to come by these days so yeah like in fact it's actually kind of funny um we uh at work we have the uh board game nights friday night with uh, all the back end teams and that we obviously can't do that now so what we do is we play like jackpot game jackbox games and among us and stuff like that right Mm. but uh um there's some online options you got like uh what the board game group's been doing is like board game arena everyone would maybe need to sign up for an account there's a couple online things that have a pretty big uh, selection of like the the games you'd probably be playing in person but yeah that, that's cool too though and in fact um for one of our comp- for a company-wide christmas party um okay. we did this i mean they were calling it an escape room but it wasn't really a virtual <laughs> escape room because that wouldn't make sense so how it what it essentially was was like complex puzzles but you had to solve them as a group so you just uh, split the entire company into random groups competing against each other during this Christmas party, and they like gave everyone a free like I think fifty or sixty bucks for Uber Eats so that you could you know get your meal and then like uh, four or five beers to go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we were just sitting in a Zoom call playing this, playing these uh, uh, puzzles and uh, solving them as group. Was there like a, there had to be like a time limit, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ah, yeah, there's a time a... limit. And, and uh, or n- maybe, though, no, there wasn't a time limit. It was more, um, 
We let people get to when they finished, but you got marked based on the time that you finished. So okay, okay, yeah, okay. You were competing, so that I guess would make you want to finish. Okay, hmm. yeah. That, did you ever do like in-person escape rooms? Was that ever anything you're interested in? Something I'm interested in. I haven't actually done it yet, though. Oh no! Shoot. So okay, I remember wow. like when I left Windsor, it was like. Yeah. when they just started popping up there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they haven't i mean there's more and more abandoned places for them to take over so there, it might just be a city uh, full of i mean at some point I don't are know. any of them existing since the pandemic started like that's a very uh, that's a good point I yeah don't know. yeah i don't know man you know what'd be great is making an escape room in an abandoned escape room building <laughs> it's already there baby i already have the platform you just gotta upgrade it a little bit yeah yeah up up the danger factor mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we got a few of them in toronto but uh yeah. I, haven't been there yet. I bet they'd be pretty good in toronto i i, I like to i've done quite a few of them in windsor and they've all been pretty fun mm-hmm. um, but i can imagine the toronto ones are uh, no joke i mean i suppose I, I guess the trade-off though right is cost of real estate toronto is astronomical so they might not have as much space to play with <laughs> yeah maybe it's like 100 per person like some of the ones in windsor are like 25 a person 30 bucks a person yeah it's the same with like uh what you call it peloton bicycles right they, oh they man stock yeah. surge because everyone's paying three grand for these exercise bikes because yeah. there's nothing else to do and that's the only way they can get any exercise yeah. <laughs> i mean there's lots of other ways than playing three grand that's true <laughs> <laughs> that's true there are a lot of other ways but like, people want yeah. the you know dopamine hit in the no, for sure. Class. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there, there is a, a cult or a, <laughs> there's a certain motivation factor with spending three grand. Hopefully, yeah, you're going to get your money's worth, I hope. <laughs> is, that, is that how much they're going for? Yeah, dude, they're crazy expensive. Wow. But you get the subscription and then is it like another hundred a month? Like on top? Oh, geez. Yeah, it's like it's like I think the cheapest, like the base model. But then you still have to have your own cycling shoes and some other stuff to go with it. <laughs> Um, oh, you need to buy the shoes. <laughs> of uh, it's of like course. 25, 2600, something like that. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. The fully loaded base model, it actually has everything you need. Like, if you have nothing, is three grand. And then there's oh. like a pro model that's like 3800 or something. And on top of this, for all of them, you have a $50 a month subscription to access the app to use it. <laughs> I, or you could just go outside and take a walk nah nah dog nah i <laughs> i remember walking it was a mall in the gta and there was like i think maybe three or four peloton uh bicycles like in like an aisle like mm-hmm. but they were in a cage like a steel <laughs> cage <laughs> I, was like, I almost want to try it but i don't want to go in that cage uh mm-hmm. this ferrari of uh but like i don't know it didn't make any sense i don't maybe that's how they're you know they're trying to market it like you can have this bike but you will live in a cage of your own making <laughs> i like i i'm just I, I imagine they're pretty heavy like even if somebody was mm. going to steal it and mm. drag it through the mall was the cage worth it, it seems <laughs> like the cage is helping you to steal the bike because you have something to grab onto you uh, yeah i guess cage. it'll be a fast and the furious plot right for sure. Well, I mean, let's put it this way: like, the, there is an actual like Peloton storefront in Toronto. You, you want to mm. guess where it is? is it, <laughs> Bay like, Street, maybe. Uh, worse, uh, Bloor and Young, Bloor just and like Young, on yeah. the block between Bay and Young, mm. um, on Bloor. 
right mm-hmm. next to a Rolex dealer and a Louis Vuitton. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah. It seems like an yeah I, Toronto, the game of living in Toronto of just <laughs> uh, that seems like a nightmare to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's been weird to see Toronto uh, um, evolve into this like uber trendy city over my lifetime. I, I, I'm I sure it always has been, right? Yeah, I'm sure it like always has been a field, but it feels like they've just taken it up a notch. It's Canada's New York. Decades. Yeah, I, I, it's the biggest. <laughs> yeah, but New York is another example of that, right? Like, yeah, sure, Manhattan was a bit upscale in like the '90s, but Brooklyn was mad. Mm, then yeah. Manhattan got a lot more upscale, and now Brooklyn's expensive too. <laughs> so yeah, like... yeah, it spreads out. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Oh man, and it, there was like this sense of like, if you ever watched like a movie from the '70s that was set in New York, it was dangerous. <laughs> like, and yeah, over time, it's yeah. I don't know. The right. yeah, even like watching like you know Seinfeld or Friends, it's like it didn't feel dangerous, but it didn't feel expensive. <laughs> no, no, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. George Costanza could live there. Kramer could live there and survive. Like I don't think Kramer could survive in New York these days. <laughs> Kramer, oh, okay. Why couldn't Kramer survive in New York? I missed that. I don't know. This the, it seems too expensive. I don't think he uh, did make right, money. Like just right. yeah, cost. No, he had he had mysterious means of getting. Yeah, it. actually, no. Kramer would probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he'd make it work. Yeah, he'd make it work. Um, so glad we went on a Seinfeld tangent. I've been waiting <laughs> my whole life to talk about Seinfeld on a podcast. And here yeah. We are. yeah. <laughs> um. So. Who's your favorite Seinfeld character? No. Um, <laughs> well, no. Let's let's go down this road. Okay. Who is your favorite? Has, has everybody watched Seinfeld? Zach? Cool. Yeah. Are we all yeah. first yeah. in Seinfeld? We're, okay. We're children of the nineties. We, <laughs> we're men of a certain Seinfeld age. More. So what's yeah. uh yeah you know I've, I'm watching Seinfeld again recently. I'm going oh. through the episodes with Maddie who who's never seen them and oh. uh, we're we're both like she really thinks Kramer's the best character and i'm hard pressed to disagree with her i mean like yeah. r- ranking system you gotta i mean well what are we ranking here like <laughs> is, is george the most i don't know what george is i don't know how you rank him but he's the most something he's, he's the most he okay because curb your enthusiasm is essentially george so right he has the more sto- stories told about him i would say that's uh, true yeah that's true yeah um Zach, do you have any Seinfeld opinions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably agree, but I mean, I haven't rewatched it lately, so it may mm-hmm. change now. But definitely historically, it's Kramer. Um, yeah. Kramer, yeah. But yeah, like Kramer. You know just, what? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Kramer's just uh, outwardly like the obvious definition of insane, whereas like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> George and Elaine are more like the subdued type so like more neurotic in case of elaine and mm-hmm. yeah george i'm not sure how i classify him but he's definitely not normal <laughs> that's yep it's yeah I, I feel like kramer seems unbothered everyone else seems mm. bothered like they have shame like kramer seems like he is just enjoying life and doesn't go through me- much mental anguish <laughs> you know what yes and and to tie it back to the theme of the show 
um, amazingly, Kramer is the grasshopper of that show. He is, he is the hundred percent game player. He he hops through that whole show. And yeah, does it effortlessly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that so. is it. Yeah, we 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 should probably bring grasshopper elements back into this. Maybe we should start <laughs> reading the book again because the name of this podcast makes no sense. Uh, Nobody yeah. knows what it is. It's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So what? Um. What kind of types of games do you like? Like we talked about Magic and Breath of the Wild, but is there like a genre, a specific type of game that you really kind of gravitate towards? I like some of the open world games like uh, Breath of the Wild. I also like Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I like the Soulsborne games. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also like the... Uh, difficult uh 2d side scrollers like i like cuphead oh. i like hollow knight um super meat boy type dealios i don't know if i can do that I, I okay try that again but that that is a okay. different level of frustration so that's a different okay <laughs> okay good to uh, so th- things that you're like challenging yourself like from a like technically like sure but i mean also like sometimes i'll like i mean like Spider Band does not do that nearly as much, and I still enjoyed that game a lot. Although I guess it is an open world game, so it kind of fits into that category. Yeah, definitely in a time where we can't explore the world too much, having the open world games are, are kind of nice to have. Just like going out and <laughs> exploring like a, a environment that people have spent usually hundreds of hours, kind of like putting little clues and like little things that you can just uncover for hours. Mm. Is there something like I've been thinking about this more too, even in myself and like we're, we're all software developers, Mm -hmm. but like specifically with like uh, problem solving and puzzle games, like uh, you find that like maybe you're in this line of work because Mm -hmm. of uh, the kind of games you were drawn to and like, yeah. Do you, do you find a lot of gameplay in like the kind of work that you do with software development? Like, do you feel like there's any kind of similar feelings associated with that? If anything, it's probably more just like playing games a lot. When I grew up, motivated me to be interested in doing something with technology. It's like, oh, mm. how do you make games? Oh, you'd be a software developer. And then it's like, you start being a software developer. And the sad reality is uh, you realize that uh, um, game development tends to be hard to break into unless you're going to actually be the producer of the game. Hmm. But I mean, even then it's like, you can't just generally doesn't work out that you just work for somebody and, you know, make a good living as a game developer. You have to like, you have to start your own business to do it. (laughs) Um, so do you have a all time favorite game? Like to say, like a desert island game, something if you're stuck on a desert island with ignoring all technology limitations. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd also have to think about this because if I was uh, trapped on a desert island, it would probably have it may not actually be my favorite game, it may just have to be one that I could get the most replay out of. Uh, you know, it can, yeah, some I, I feel like if you get tripped up with the idea that you have no like the no humans to play scenario versus you have to play a game by yourself. It has to be a one player game or it has to be a multiplayer game. Right. I think that's also another layer of like, what are you picking here? 
But I also like the strategy of Zach trying to find a strategy to be like, okay, maybe not the first thing that came to my mind, but like something that will help me in the long run over. <laughs> yeah. Rather than like instant gratification. Yeah. I mean, right now it's Breath of the Wild, but I mean, overall, it'd probably be something along the lines of Tetris or Lumens or something oh, like that. Oh, bringing it back to just Tetris. Pick up and just, you know, something that's like, yeah, you know, there's not a ton of variety in the game, but the game does scale up in difficulty. It's always a challenge eventually, right? So, yeah, that's fair. That's that's me in threes. It's uh, yeah, just a sliding. It's it's pretty. It's just well designed, but it's just sliding numbers, and there's a scale, um, and it's pretty much myself and a little bit of randomness. Uh, anyway, I had to delete it because I was playing it too much. <laughs> Yeah, it seems it seems like that question kind of goes to the replayability aspect. There, I I feel, I feel like this this asking this question is realizing that there is no good way to ask what is your favorite game because it opens up too many doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like um, it'd be kind of like uh, chess, right? In the sense that it's like, oh, okay, um, you know, two thousand years from now. People will still be playing Tetris on whatever platform yeah. they happen to have. <laughs> yeah, Tetris is, yeah, that's a very good game. <laughs> but I, I do like there's a symmetry of like the, the the game that we talked about, the game that Zach first played is Tetris. And if he's stuck on a desert island, it's he's been around the world and he's found that Tetris still holds up. Uh, did they put yeah like that's one of the things i think like humanity would send into space like a copy of tetris <laughs> oh, cool. mm. i think i think hum- humanity's last effort is just going to be programming the computer that is just designed to play tetris off like into the, the infinite cosmos it's just going to f- float into space and try and just get as good as it can at, at tetris did you play, have you played a lot of Go or chess, Zach? Uh, Go, not so much. I've played a little bit of it, but uh, chess I played a lot of in grade school. Do you find, what what has a higher level cap, do you think? Chess or Magic the Gathering? Oh, uh, well, I mean, Magic is definitely a more difficult, complicated game. But I suppose the flip side of that, though, is that... Um, there are lots of different ways to win at magic that may or may not be based on play skill. So if you're like looking at focusing on play skill and minimizing luck, chess is probably among the top games. Is there something about games that, I don't know, really appeals to you or even just like gamer culture? Is there anything that like, just, I guess about games in general that really makes you happy? I don't know. I find that games especially in terms of the social aspect like you know online gaming exempted because mm-hmm. you know a lot of a lot of those uh communities can be extremely toxic but mm-hmm. generally in-person gaming you pop into any mm, like, right. game cafe or game shop or whatever where people are playing games and mm-hmm. you can generally just walk and start talking to people about the game and they'll tell you everything about it you could probably jump in and play it's a very convenient way to Mm -hmm. meet people regardless of your uh social ability so yeah yeah it keeps coming up that that answer for sure yeah Mm -hmm. 
yeah it gives you yeah it gives you kind of like that language like you can you you know like there's a certain context you can start to have a conversation in that it gives you that that ground to like yeah have some sort of commonality with someone without even knowing really anything about them right you can just be like oh you can see like what deck they're playing in magic right and be like oh you're using that strategy <laughs> oh yeah that's cool and like you, all of a sudden you're just having a conversation about you know a thing that you guys play together regardless of any other factors and you can just start by communicating i really yeah i appreciate that yeah you main blue oh you main red those are things right <laughs> yeah uh yeah. Yeah. Sure. all right yeah. i know i know things um so <laughs> i mean that's kind of all the the questions that we really have but is there anything kind of that we didn't touch on that you'd want to talk about zach i mean i'm real unless there's like something else that you want to talk about i know I mean, you were wondering earlier about the um situation with a certain game retail i mean it, it seems like minutes would be appropriate time <laughs> yeah for sure this is if the deep cuts for the for the super fans we can talk about the impending collapse of the stark market but ah, that's um, fine everything's now no i mean yes yeah, <laughs> but no i mean like and yeah it's it's been a uh it has i feel like it, i was gonna say it's been a few weeks but i think it's only been no it's been, a, it's a, been week. a week yeah yeah it feels like a few weeks but it is a it is a weird cultural milestone that i mean a that it's it's happened now for a different confluence of factors and i'm sure we can talk about i mean it we still haven't even said it for the people in the future Talking no, about the sorry. game, right? What's the I don't I ever already forgot the name. Of the, 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 the the game, game to the move. GME <laughs> stock number. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah game game stop. Stop. Calling yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> calling it game stonk, which I haven't looked into why. That's yeah, because stonk is just slang for stock. It's like the meme word mm-hmm. for it. Oh, okay. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's it's like this weird confluence of like gamer culture, meme culture tech culture high finance and like yeah. all of these Wealth weird disparity things kind of, uh yeah <laughs> yep yep inequality yeah, yeah everything yeah. kind of but what what i find fascinating is that it met at the the headstone of a game franchise like it was like and it's so perfectly named it's gamestop it's like nope the gamestop here kind of thing <laughs> like this is this is like a nostalgic thing for us that you know we bought our games at as kids and you guys are trying to short it and so we're just gonna fuck with the whole system and make it worth four hundred dollars so um yeah it's been it's been an interesting experience to see that so zach yeah what do you what do you think about like this whole thing what's your take on it i mean it was just interesting like basically you had this dude who's just uh like yeah okay so you know people are shorting this thing 130 percent i don't think gamestop is going bankrupt i think they had the opportunity to turn things around mm-hmm. so i'm gonna invest in it and he announces this on you know wall street bets subreddit which is a meme reddit where people make stupid ridiculous bets yeah. on the stock market right. essentially so people see that but then they see wait a minute that's actually a legitimate strategy that like actual investment banks and hedge funds use. Mm-hmm. So, so if we all, if we all do this, they're short at 130% of the available stock. So now, um, 
I guess the simple explanation of what that means is when you short sell your betting against the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. So how you do that is you borrow the shares, sell them at today's price. You have a debt owed back to the lender in shares, not money. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the interest on it is paid in money based on the value at the time the interest is charged. So essentially what you want to happen is the stock to tank. So then you can buy it back at the lower price, right. pay back your loans with the stock you bought back mm-hmm. and then pocket the yeah. difference. Instead, what happened was because all these people on Reddit were buying it, the stock price went up a little bit, which, you know, caused some of the hedge funds lenders, like some of the less, you know, established ones to be like, uh, your position's getting pretty shaken. We're calling your loan in now. So then they have to go buy the stock to pay back their loan. But that means there's even less stocks on the market. So the price goes up. Right. Which then causes even more people to buy in from the outside because they see the stock going up, which then causes more head. And it's a cycle of just the stock spiraling up because all these people are in debt and they have to, they are forced to buy the stock to pay the debt. Like it's a legal requirement. <laughs> so how do, so going back to what you said, how do, how do, how does, the people on GameStop bets know that the whole market is leveraged 130%. Like, where are they getting that information from? It's actually uh, published on the, um, like, if you go to, like, Yahoo Finance, you can see, right. like, percentage of shares sold, sold, sold short. Uh-huh. So, you just saw. It's like, public it's... knowledge, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's delayed. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. every quarter, right? But their last earnings... Um, it was way overshorted, right. and the same goes for like AMC theaters, American Airlines, BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you've heard all the other yeah. stocks. That, right, <laughs> right. The same thing yeah. happened too. Yeah, so it happened to a few stocks, but what again? What's interesting is GameStop is the one that kind of stood out from the pack, right? And I, I think again, shamelessly tying it back to the theme of our podcast, it 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 revolves around a little bit around game culture and a little bit about. You know, there, I'm sure there's an uh, intersection between people who are on these subreddits and people who are, who would, you know, term themselves gamers of some sort, right? And I think that there, there's like a meeting of those two cultures where, like you were saying, like, hey, if we just all get together and do this, like, it's like almost like this giant quest that you're like, hey, we can all kind of, kind of band together and go on this quest to, to over, like value the the GameStop stock and, and kind of call the bluff, right? Yeah. I actually find it kind of ironic because if you actually like look at like GameStop as a brand to gamers, it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. it historically has not been yeah. looked kindly by gamers. Yeah, like, right. Uh, no, yeah. It's probably at the same level as EA, <laughs> but not as bad as Bethesda and not as bad as the hedge funds over short GameStop. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so Yeah. I think there was one post that I saw was like, uh, I traded seven games in for like twenty dollars. Uh this is hopefully I'm getting my money back from GameStop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty solid. Uh but it, I don't know, like, like trying to bring it back to the podcast and the last few minutes of it is like seeing this. I've been thinking more about like all these people who, yeah, probably are more interested in games, but looking at the system as a game uh, and mm-hmm. understanding the rules of 
these mechanisms and how like if a new magic card comes out and this weird combo just breaks the game like we broke this system that for some reason society is like cool with um, like that that was interesting to me even though yeah now a week on pretty much everything else all the stocks are have tanked back low i don't think they're as low as they were before um all these shenanigans but uh it was interesting to see um to see that that the machinery just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing this price up and like making people million millionaires <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the risk reward about it as well too is interesting. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really a betting man. Are, are you a betting man, Zach? No, not really. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that's the hilarious part about this is it's like you know you tested like the, it's like these people are learning to play this <laughs> game. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It really is it a is, game. Yeah. Like, right. you look at what a hedge fund oh, does. Man. They're just gambling all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, like I. I do I do have like a few stocks and like I treat it like gambling. I'm like every dollar I put in here is could be gone. Like and maybe it won't be. Uh I did not make this money, but <laughs> uh yeah, it's 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 you gotta it's I don't know, and part of this podcast like starting out was like society could potentially be looked at as a game, like your life, and maybe some people mm-hmm. think of money as the points. So <laughs> which is a pretty dark way to look at it but yeah i mean you mm-hmm. you learn the system you can maybe exploit the system or you know work within it i don't know and that it was an interesting story yeah yeah or you know you can also just build your own strategy no the exact same thing is going to happen exactly the same way and i'm going to become a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is troll a few people on subreddit <laughs> to buy a certain stock and well, you're good to go. What I do kind of like is how long this like how long this meme has built up like like people just like mm. yeah, I, yeah, it's been like kind of several months to year in the making. <laughs> oh, it, it's been it's been great seeing analysts have to like understand you know, certain subreddit meme culture now, and they'll be like, they call them nuggets. I guess they're nuggins. Yeah. That's what a trade means or something. They have to like decipher all this like alien language it, now. Part of it also. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you say, Zach? <laughs> you like watch CNBC and it's like, and this, you know, underground forum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> internet sub forum is. <laughs> so the internet is a series of tubes. Uh, but like I'm also very old, like, and I wasn't on this this particular forum. But it, it I mean, you've, I feel like we've all grown up on the internet to a certain extent, and you understand there is like an entire language that starts. Uh, there's a certain teasing and just kind of being an asshole as like a person on the internet um, that I don't know, like, isn't appealing to everyone, but also is like also makes you feel a part of the crew. I don't know, like I tease my friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, um mm-hmm. so it yeah. is interesting seeing like uh yeah just society at large looking in these usually kind of quiet private spaces that are just stupid uh but yeah i i, I just find it kind of funny also how they just lost at their own game because ultimately it's like the way that these banks and stuff make a lot of these yeah. decisions is based on having ex- immediate up-to-date access to like all the news sources they see on their Bloomberg terminal, like the second something is published, like, mm-hmm. trade the stock before the general public knows about it. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you've got this forum here. What 
like Reddit's also one of the biggest sites on the internet, yeah. right? And nobody's looking at it. Yeah, I mean they are now. <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. I guess the good question is like, is something like this possible? Like, I, again, like I, I don't know necessarily within like ten years. Like, I think they're gonna add right. it to their their evil like three thousand screen like layer of these hedge funds. Is def- they're definitely gonna have at least a Reddit screen now, um, but. Right, and it's just going to be become impossible, I think, at some point for a human to like have to track all the different subreddits and subcultures <laughs> that are going on and being like, who's who's trying to fuck this thing yeah. over now? Like, it, eventually, it just you have to get a computer to just somehow analyze oh all God. the traffic and and analyze it. Yeah, and figure out how to AI. AI is on. Like, I mean, that's kind of also one of the things they yeah, do. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're just going to point AIs at Reddit, and uh, they're going to come back as. Uh, most of the language learning ones do as like just racist, horrible people <laughs> like, uh, who can trade stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can be we're, very, all, we're all in for a great. Yeah, view. it's a great. View. The AIs are going to be just yeah. monsters. Like, let's <laughs> if if they're learning from the internet, they're just gonna. Uh, yeah, uh, Judgment Day will make I, more sense. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there is another angle to this though that mm-hmm. uh, is interesting. You've got all these people now that are suddenly interested in yeah. playing the whole investment game, yeah, right? right. And the thing is, if, like, prior, it's like, yeah, people didn't have the information about it. But here's the thing. Even if, say, you know, these banks do have the information about what these bands of people are going to do, they still have the problem that it's this massive amount of people. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And the, the, the thing is the way... It, the way uh market works at the end of the day it's not based on how many people will pay x it's what's the last price someone paid <laughs> so ultimately this swarm of people is might end up making it so that the mob is going to decide what the market does and the banks just have to react to it as opposed to proactively setting the market hmm. i mean but that's a, a free market in a sense right yes yeah. Oh, it is. But that's what I'm saying is it's kind of forcefully becoming a free market rather than. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, because it seems like the hedge funds are the people who have all the tools. They're the ones who get the newest, most powerful cards, like in in bringing it back, you know, like it it, it seems weird. I don't know, like it seems kind of broken to play a game when the stakes aren't fair. And it seems like this felt like maybe people could affect it. But I don't know. I feel like. I, I feel pretty pessimistic on it happening again in this way. Um, but I don't know. The internet's weird. And prove me wrong. <laughs> internet, prove me wrong. Yeah, I think we could talk about that for hours. But um, <laughs> I think that was at least a well-played yeah, episode. Yeah, pretty well-played episode. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a fun one. Zach, yeah, thanks for coming on and talking to us. All right, thanks for having me. Uh, let me know when you want me to do this again. Well played.